welcome to the AOL podcast. Let's dive right into this week's message. In an attitude of worship, I want to read this Christmas story to you. Give you some thoughts about it today that I believe you'll believe, leave here. Blessed with the good news. It says at that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. Because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, his fiancée, who was now obviously pregnant. Honey, I always loved it when you were pregnant, but I liked it when you were like obviously pregnant. How many of you women out there have been obviously pregnant before? All right. I'm not. Mine's just fudge. Okay. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him in snug, him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night, there were shepherds starving in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news. Can I tell you, that's still a word for us today. Can I tell you, in 2024, going into the new year, no matter what the new year holds, no matter what the lawyer said, no matter what the doctor said, no matter what that family member has done, I just want to tell you, at a time when you're fearful and afraid and something that's bigger than you, I want to tell you what the angel of the Lord told them then that still works today. I bring you good news. Aren't you thankful for the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ? Romans 1.16 says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. I'm telling you, there may be something that's bigger than you during this holiday season. I just want to tell you that today, if you pull, if you lean on the Holy Spirit today, I believe through the power of the written word of God that you will meet the living word of God. And your situation will begin. Come on. Your situation doesn't have to stay where it's at. God's bigger. God's better. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. They went from fear to faith from the Word. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. God, we thank you 
I just pray, God, today that the written word leads us to the living word. Because if the written word doesn't lead us to the living word, it's just another word. And it's not another word. This word brings life and life more abundantly. And so, God, today I just pray by the power of your presence. God, I just pray for those that are in this room today that may need healing in their body. I pray for the power of God to go into operation from the top of their head to the soles to the tips of their toes. Lord, I pray for those that may have dealt with depression or may be feeling sad because maybe someone's not here during this holiday season. I pray through the power of your Holy Spirit that you bring comfort. Lord, your word says that you came to seek and to save those that which were lost. Lord, I pray through your spirit today. God, we would leave here change. We'd leave different. Encouraged, built up, strengthened in the most holy faith. Knowing that we met with you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Well, look at your neighbor. Tell them Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. You got one week. Merry Christmas. One week. Merry Christmas. Amen, amen, amen. Well, who's happy to be in the house of the Lord today? I'll ask it one more time for the joyful people. Who's happy to be in the house of the Lord today? I shared with you last week one of my favorite scriptures during this time of the year. It really ought to be celebrated 365 days, but in Matthew 121, it says, And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. Aren't you thankful that he came to seek and to save those that which were lost? And thinking about this holiday season, I know that everybody comes from a different background, different personality, and there may be some traditions you do inside of your home and not do, and you actually judge other people that don't do the same things that you do. And uh, I, But how many of y'all know it's important that we keep the main thing about the main thing, and the main thing is Jesus? And I was thinking about this. I heard somebody the other day. I was going through an Instagram feed, and this guy, he's pretty hot-headed, uh, a preacher out there. But he said, what we need to do as a people is curse the darkness. And I'm all about cursing things. I, there's some football teams that I curse on a, every Sunday basis. Uh, when I walk by a fig tree, I, I just curse it because I want to be like Jesus. You know, Sorry if I came into your home and your fig tree died. I apologize, but the hand of the Lord was upon me and I cursed it because Jesus does that. No, I'm kidding. I, I, I was just joking about that. But um, anyways, I, I, I'm not against cursing the darkness, but I, I know that darkness is not necessarily a thing. All it is is the absence of light. And Jesus said in John chapter 8, he said, I am the light of the world. So rather than us be a people that just curse the darkness in 2023 and coming into 2024, why don't we make the decision now as believers to be people that just pump light into the darkness? Amen? Can you get an agreement with me that we would be that people that pump light into dark areas of, of our life? But uh, I, I was just, I, I'm thinking about Christmas and I love Christmas. I love I told you guys last week there's some favorite songs that I have, but I mean, you can, you can ask Pastor Brandy. I might say Bah Humbug from time to time. 
And uh, I may use some terms from the Grinch, and there's some Grinch qualities about Christmas, but I love the trees. I love the lights. I love the decorations. You can ask her. I start. Uh, if you want loving at 11, you fluff the trees down in the basement at 7. I know that. Okay? And so uh, I fluff the trees, and, and that's what we do. We, we put on Christmas music. We usually have a Christmas movie that's on. We have the best of both worlds. Uh, this is the time of the year where we have trick-or-treaters knocking on the, on the door, and we're singing, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow inside of our house. All right? And, and, and you know, I got to thinking about this. You know, this is a holiday that goes for a long time. Every other holiday, like the 4th of July, I know I'm in a room full of hillbillies and rednecks. Yeah, <laughs> I'll say yeah with you, all right? I don't know what your traditions are in your home. Maybe you have two forty-five long colts that you shoot in the air and shoot guns and blow things up, Tannerite, what, whatever it is, to celebrate America and popping of fireworks and all those different things. But it's only one day. You eat hot dogs and hamburgers and you have a big celebration that it lasts one night, one day. Thanksgiving, one day. Mother's Day, one day. Father's Day should be a week, but it's one day. All right? Easter, it's two days. We have Good Friday and on that Sunday. And how many of y'all know that ought to be really something that's celebrated big time of the resurrection of Jesus Christ? But we celebrate, or in my home, we celebrate it for two months. We just bypass what the pilgrims did in America, and we go right to Christmas time. We shake our bellies like a bowl full of jelly. I mean... We, we love Christmas in our home. We enjoy it. I have memories of great Christmases. All right? The music, rocking around the Christmas tree. You know why I do this? Because I picture Macaulay Culkin inside of the home doing this. You know what I'm saying? Home Alone. I told this story this morning. What I, uh, I always think about Home Alone. I remember being in the theater just as a young boy. In 1990, that movie came out. But I remember it. My dad is very compassionate. I always say this. My passion comes from my mother. My compassion comes from my dad. Just like last week, first service, if you were here, I got so stinking choked up. Tears rolling down my cheeks. I just felt the presence of God. You can blame my father, Donnie Bennett, for that. Last night during the NFR, I mean, people were winning. I was getting a lump in my throat, like victory. I, I, I just have compassion. But I remember I was laughing at what was happening. You know, uh, the, the famous movie of Home Alone where he gets the M. And, and uh, I love it when the torch hits the top of his head. In the second one, when he's throwing those bricks, and he, that voice, I mean, it's just so funny. But I remember looking over at my dad, and tears are coming down his face because he is sad for this little boy that was left at home for Christmas time. And there's so many memories. Isn't it amazing how, how different songs jar your memory, how different movies jar your memory? Maybe it's 30, A Miracle on 34th Street, and this is on the television, and all this. But my point is this. There's people all over the world that are celebrating Christmas, and they don't even know why. I've been to Africa the week right after, uh, right after Christmas. We, me and Pastor Ty flew there like December 30th, was that 15 years ago? Probably was. Years and years ago, and I remember seeing, I, 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 for some reason, I just thought it was an American thing with, you know, with Satan. I mean, Santa. And, sorry, honey, that was a jab at her. But uh, I, I just always thought that this is an American thing. New York City, uh, Jingle All the Way, Arnold Schwarzenegger. 
I just thought it was an American thing, but then I fly to, I remember being in Cape Town, South Africa, getting off the plane, and Christmas trees being all over the airport. I remember going to the hotel, and, and Christmas trees all over the airport. But my whole point is this, there's people that say Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and they don't even know why we celebrate something for so long, for two months. And so... Thinking back, I started this series called The Carols of Christmas. And if you were here last week, I sang a few of my favorite songs for you. One of my favorites when Chevy Chase is sitting up in the attic and he goes down memory lane. And he sings a Ray Charles song, The Spirit of Christmas. I love that song. I hate it that it's not on the radio more. In fact, Pastor Brandy brought it up as like, your favorite song is never on the radio. I know, they don't know good music anymore. There's music about Christmas like they ran out of things to talk about. And so we talk about hippopotamus and malikalikimaka is the thing to say. I mean, it just doesn't, even though I would love a palm tree Christmas, it just doesn't ring like let it snow. And so uh, thinking, of, thinking about, and I, I love, oh, come let us adore him. And last week I shared with you, Mary, did you know, I've always thought that that was a powerful song because of, of the meaning behind all of it. But the one, the carol that I want to talk about today is the song, O Holy Night. Because I think it's, again, I think of Home Alone when he's inside of that church. And all those people up there in those robes and they begin to sing that song. My question to you before we even get going, is it still a holy moment as you celebrate Christmas? And so I'm not going to sing it. I've asked Heather actually to come up here and sing us a holy night. You can close your eyes. You can sing along with her, whatever you want to do. But how many of y'all know this is a gifted young lady? And she can, amen. She can hit those notes that it takes vice grips and my, you know, body parts of me in vice grips to hit those notes, if you know what I'm saying. But I believe there's powerful part to this text that... Just let it minister to you. Go ahead, Heather, sing that song. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long live the world in sin and never pining. Till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices for yonder brings a new and glorious morn. give her a hand. 
That's where I want to go from is that standpoint. I mean, fall on your knees. Oh, hear the angel voices. Not everyone sees it as a holy night. In fact, there's people in this room that maybe for years you didn't before you came to Jesus. And it was a time where you got with your friends and drank eggnog. Had a big time. But Jesus was no, not a part of the celebration. I can tell you this. You can have a uh, manger. You can have a nativity scene inside of your home. And Jesus can't be anywhere near it. Even though it's made of plastic inside of some little hay straw. Jesus may not even be there. Not everyone has seen this as a holy night. And people still don't see it as a holy night. And I can tell you, like the old cliche, maybe you've seen the, the, um, the bumper sticker that says, Keep Christ in Christmas. And I'm just here to tell you with a, with a passionate heart to tell you I'm concerned that we really have taken Christ out of Christmas. In fact, I was going to preach in the first... Uh, text here in Luke chapter 2, it goes on to say, after this holy moment of when Christ came into the earth, it goes on to talk about in verse 41, where Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem and they lost their child, 12 years old, Jesus of Nazareth. I, I think it's very ironic that in the same text he was born, they lost him. Can I tell you, we've lost Jesus in our society today during this time of the year. And if you've lost him, I pray today you find him. But, you know, going back to like all the things, is this really a holy night? Or is it really about the food? Is it about, I love this time of the year because it's the NFR, every National Finals Rodeo this time of the year. I'm in mourning. I don't know what to watch on television tonight. The fun, the games, we have games and traditions that we do on uh, Christmas Eve with our family. The gifts, I looked it up. Uh, in 2023, it's estimated that it's going up $100 billion of what's spent during Christmas time. There's people that have nothing, and they will go into debt, credit cards. They will spend money they don't have. And this year, Americans will spend over $957 billion on Christmas. And can I tell you, there may be gifts that are given, but people have forgot what the true gift is. And we're not alone in this. If you haven't seen this as a holy night, and there may be conviction throughout the message, I just want to tell you that there's, you're not alone in the only ones that have not seen this as a holy occasion or a holy, holy time. The first people that I want to mention today is people that don't see it, that didn't see it as a holy night, is mentioned in Luke chapter 2 and verse 7. It says, she gave birth to her first child. A son, she wrapped him in snugly, him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. The first one that I want to talk about is the people that didn't see it as a holy night was the town of Bethlehem. Now, I was going to say the innkeeper because if you have the New King James or the Old King James, it says there was no room available for them in the inn. And my wife corrected me yesterday. We were innocently going to buy some groceries. And she, I was beginning to share with her what I was going to be preaching. And she said, uh, she gave me the context, which I, I'd agreed with, of the whole reason that they were there. So we can't, uh, uh, about the inn, it might not have been a hotel like me and you see. But the whole point of it is, it was so busy in the town of Bethlehem that they didn't have room for the Son of God. Can you imagine if 
they only knew in the city of David that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords was being born. If they only knew, can, I want you to just think about it in your own mind. If somebody came and knocked at your door, if you knew it was the Son of God, I'll tell you what I would do. Even if I didn't have room, I'd kick my family out and say, Jesus, you can have my home. Right? Take the will. Come on, Carrie Underwood. Take the will. Let's go right now. I, I, I think if they really would have known who it was, I think that they would have said, you know what? Let me go ahead and get everybody in town together. I think we can build a building right now for the Son of God. Like, let's make this the best that it can be. This is a temple. Everybody, let's come together and let's make it a place. But they didn't know that. If they only knew. See, my whole point is this. If they knew, but they didn't. But here's the fact. In this room today, we know. And what do we do? I was thinking about the sex because the whole city of David, the Bible says that there was no rooms available for them. We can't point fingers at them of not seeing it as a holy night because we've done the same thing. In the first line, we see it was a time when Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken. So we know that Joseph is going back to his hometown, the city of David. It's the first time that this is being done. So he's going back. So Bethlehem was crowded. You can say that there was people at the mall. Traffic was busy on Coulter, restaurants were full, and even next week when it's, it's uh, December 24th, Christmas Eve, for the candlelight service that we will have here at 1045, this place will be packed as well. Bethlehem, you could say that there was hustle and bustle, that there was music playing in the gra- background, all kinds of things were happening And he was sent back home to this place. Money was being spent. And can I tell you, when money is good, Jesus sometimes is not on the throne. When business is being transactions are taking place, sometimes we think it's what we did and not what he gave us the ability to do. Think of how much traction they would have had if, I'm thinking on a business standpoint, that they would have had if the innkeeper would have said, Okay, come on in. How much more his business would have been taken up if he he could advertise Jesus was born in this inn? Right? How many of y'all know it would have gone up a notch? And he was born there. But here's the deal. We know from the text here that they didn't have room. I want to ask yourself the question during this Christmas holiday, with all the things that you have planned already, have you made room for Jesus? Is there room for him in your calendar? Is there room for him in your festivities, that you uh, traditions that you do on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day? What about you? Is Jesus missing? No, he's in the nativity scene. Well, that's a wooden Jesus. Is Jesus in spirit around your house? You know, I, I love the song... And, and uh, speaking of traditions, there was two songs that were, were sung in the church that I grew up in. Uh, and one of them was This Little Light in the Darkness, just one flicker of light. And it was like you had to sing this song when we had the candlelight service. One little light went to two lights, went to four lights, went to eight lights, went to 16 lights, went to 32 lights. The other one was this, it was always a kid that sang it, and it was this, happy birthday, Jesus. 
I'm so glad it's Christmas. All of the caroling bells make the holiday swell, but it's all about you. I just want to ask you this. People say that happy birthday, Jesus, and we say that it's Christ's birthday. But what if you threw a big party and you forgot to invite the one whose birthday it was? Can I tell you, if he's missing, if he's not in the... if he's came to knock at the door and he's not there, I want to tell you, then you're not celebrating the birthday. You're celebrating your own birthday or something else. Then all it is, it's not Christmas anymore. It's just the holidays. And how many of y'all know we need to get back to a place that we not be like the town of Bethlehem and see this as a holy occasion? The next people that we can point some fingers at as people uh, uh, that didn't see it as a holy occasion. I want to read to you out of Matthew chapter 2 and verse 1. It says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose and we have come to worship him. King Herod was Deeply, Everybody say deeply. He was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, Where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, For this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you from you, who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. The second people, a person that I see here that didn't see this as a holy night, the second one is King Herod. We read right here, Herod said, it says, where is the newborn king? This is what, what the, the wise men asked. We saw his star as it rose and we have come to worship him. Verse 3, King Herod was deeply disturbed. When he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. Herod said he was, the reason that he was upset and he heard this, I believe this, is because he was the king of the Jews. And as I begin to think about this text of somebody who doesn't see this as a holy night, King Herod might be at the top of the list because what he was saying from his heart, there's no room for two kings. There's only room for one. And can I tell you today, if you're going to have a Merry Christmas or a Merry Life, I'm going to tell you the same thing right here. There's not room for two kings. There's only room for one. I'm going to say it loud and proud one more time. There's not room for two kings. There's only room for one. I'm going to say it to this section over here. I hope you get this this morning. There's not room for two kings. There's only room for one. The reason that he got upset, and I want to ask you the question, how many kings are in your life? You might tell me it's the King of kings and the Lord of lords, but I see so many believers, they serve God on Sunday, but on Monday they say, God, you need to know this. I want to come into a relationship with you, but you need to know that you can be a part of this ship, but I'm still the captain. You can come and get inside of my house, but there's still a room for you. I want to leave you where my Bible sits, maybe inside of the attic. There's just one room that you can have. You can't have all the rooms of our house. 
Can I tell you, why don't we give the gift to Jesus this Christmas holiday as we celebrate his birthday and say every room inside of our home is going to be celebrated to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The decisions that we make, the way we talk with our mouth, the way we interact on social media, the way we interact in traffic. Come on, somebody. If you got that fish on the back of your car... You better abide by the law and not give people the California howdy-doody sign as they pull out in front of you. Are you guys with me this morning? There's only, there's no room for two kings. There's only room for one. He wasn't the only one that was upset. The Bible says all of Jerusalem was too. He was upset because someone was coming to compete for his throne. I want to ask you, who's competing for your throne? What are the things in your life that are competing for the throne of your life? It could be social media. It could be a job. It could be a person. It could be some kind of sin that, that nobody else sees. What else? What is it? It could be your kids. People worship their kids more than they do the Savior of the world. I don't know what it is, but what's amazing to me, he wasn't the only one that was upset. It was all of Jerusalem. Can I tell you, we live in a sanitized culture of Christmas. And I love Santa. Amen? I love the Santa Claus movie. I want to see mommy kiss Santa Claus underneath the Christmas tree. All right, praise the Lord. All right? Because I'm Santa. Hope you guys know that. Actually, y'all pray for Santa. I saw him at the Fashion Street Mall in Las Vegas. He didn't look too good. He needed a couple cheeseburgers, all right? Uh, I wanted to go up there and lay hands on Santa. Be healed in Jesus' name. All right? He was looking a little old and a little frail. But anyways, y'all be praying for him. You know what Santa I'm talking about. Yeah, no kidding. Yep. Almost went and got him two cheeseburgers, but I didn't. But I want you to think about in this particular text, if you read on, that there's a play that Herod has against all the babies. And, in fact, Joseph and Mary, they have a visitation from an angel to tell them, you need to go to Egypt because he was after him. So he sends all, he sends guards to Bethlehem and says, I want you to kill every baby two and under. And we think of this as a time where, you know, chestnuts roasting on an open fire, Jack Frost nipping at your nose. But the very first century and the very first Christmas, it was nothing like this. It was very bloody and it was very brutal in lots of homes. And the reason that it was is because when the king is rejected, all hell break lo- breaks loose. Yeah. And can I tell you, the king has been rejected yeah. in America. Yeah. That's why all hell is breaking loose. But can we make a commitment this morning that we not be like King Herod and treat this time of the year not to be stressed out, not to be caught up in all the things of this world, but truly... Make him the king of our life. We want to say it's about Jesus. But if he can't be on the throne of your life, you're not celebrating Christmas anymore. It's not Christmas. Can I tell you, it ain't your birthday. It's Jesus's. Amen? How many of y'all know it's his birthday, not ours? He's the man of the hour. As Pastor Robert's been saying, as talking about the, the study on Revelation, let's keep the main thing about the main thing, and the main thing is Jesus Christ. Here's the third one. I know this is a very encouraging Christmas message, but this is where the Lord directed me this morning. The next one I read right here, it says, King Herod was deeply disturbed 
when he heard of this, as was everyone in Jerusalem, so he called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem and Judea. Oh, little town of Bethlehem. Interesting fact about this, the same person that preached Abraham Lincoln's funeral. Nobody knows the words that he said at the funeral of Abraham Lincoln. But everybody knows the song that he wrote as he visited Jerusalem. Oh, little town of Bethlehem. O Bethlehem and the land of Judah are, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. What I love about this is he's quoting out of Mac, they're quoting out of Micah chapter 5 and verse 2. And this is 700 years before Jesus comes to the earth. And people ask me all the time, do you really believe the Bible? And the reason that I believe the Bible is because when the Holy Spirit can call, call an audible 700 years before the event happens with the people that it's going to happen with in the moment that it happens, how many of y'all know there ain't nobody, no psychic, no card reader, no tarot reader that can do what God did through the Word of God? Come on. That's why I'm addicted to it. Aren't you thankful for the Word of God? In a world that has no truth in it, they can't even predict the wind in Amarillo, Texas sometimes. How many of y'all know... This word is alive and well and still active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. So the third people that I want to pick on this morning, let's not be like the church people. It says right here, uh, he called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers, religious law. These are people that uh, graduated from seminary. These are people that were Bible scholars. They knew the word. But can I tell you, you can know the word and miss out on a holy moment. He said, where's the Messiah supposed to be born? What did they, they came out with an answer because they knew the word of God. The one prophesied it in Micah. We read about it. We know it. We know he's supposed to be born in this little town of Bethlehem. That's amazing about it too, that he calls an audible 700 years before it would happen. It'd be like saying, you know what? 700 years from now, there's going to be a baby that's born in Umbarger, Texas. That's a little place. How many of y'all know great things can happen in a little place like cat, the catfish place and Umbarger? Glory to God. If you hadn't been, praise the Lord. If you know, you know. But a little place like Bethlehem, they knew the scripture. They knew where he was, but they didn't go to him. Can I tell you, church folk, you can know the scripture all you want to, but until the written word becomes the living word, it's just another word. You know what, I've made a commitment, and I, I've noticed this about people. If you know only information and don't have intimacy, you won't go anywhere in life. There's people that I know that know, know, know the word, but what did James say? He said, you can know the word, but until you become a doer of the word. I would rather know less and know him than know more and not know him. You guys awake this morning? I'm just here to tell you, I hope that you come to a place that you're not like these religious folk, that you miss out on a holy moment because you feel like you know more. There's people that get so involved. They know the word of God, but they don't like the carpet. I know what the word says, but pastor, I don't like the paint that you did inside of this church. I know the word of God, but I always sit in this chair. 
I know the word of God, but on Christmas, if you don't sing Silent Night and you don't do a, a candlelight service, we ain't coming back. We've done it for 10 years. No, I'm being real right now. Listen, church people can be the absolute worst. I'm just trying to say, if we get caught up in tradition of this is just another Sunday, this isn't just another Sunday, this is a holy moment. Fall on your knees. Oh, hear the angels' voices. Come on. I don't want to be somebody that knows the word of God but doesn't know him. Can I, can I tell you, it's very easy to do that, to check the box that I read the word of God. Uh, but I, 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 I'll say it again. I hope the written word leads you to the living word because if not, it's just another word. And there's a plenty of words out there. There's words that people think. I, I, I was thinking about this in John chapter 5 and verse 39. He said, you search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life. This is Jesus speaking. He said, and these are they... Which testify of me, but you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. Never come to a place where like in in the book of Luke where Jesus goes back to his hometown of Nazareth. And the Bible says he healed a few sick people and left because they only saw him as the carpenter's son. I never want to become so familiar with him of rocking around the Christmas tree and watching Elf. I'm in the store and I'm singing. And have the lights and open the gifts that I forget out on the, I miss out on the true moment of a holy moment. Let's graduate out of information into a place of intimacy with God. Let's do that. In fact, Paul said this in 2 Corinthians chapter 2. He said this, in the, if you read it in the New King James. He said, the letter killeth. Because there was people that were still caught up in the Old Testament because the law killed you. But there was a, a new sheriff in town with a new covenant that gives us life and life more abundantly. They didn't see it as a holy night. I'm coming to a close because they didn't know why he came. I hope you leave here. Young people, you pay attention to me right now. You will never see it as a holy moment if you don't know why Jesus came. You'll, ne- you'll always see it as just gifts underneath the tree. You'll always just see it as a time of tradition. But can I tell you, I hope that you see it as something different this morning as a holy moment. Because you need to know why Jesus came. That it stopped the gap between the seed of man and the son of God into Mary. This, this story is not about Mary. It's not about the angels. It's about one. It's about Jesus coming to deal with the sin problem that you and I have. Can I put it to you like this? When you go to the doctor, one of the tests that they're going to do is they're going to do a uh, cholesterol test. And if you have cholesterol, meaning there's buildup in your veins that's not helping the blood flow, which makes no sense to me in these days. My ancestors ate nothing but fried food, and they lived to be 90 years old smoking cigarettes and drinking coffee and eating fried foods. But now everybody has cholesterol. But here's my point. When you have too much cholesterol, it blocks the flow of blood. And when the the flow of blood is blocked, you could have a heart attack. Can I tell you what Jesus did when he came through the virgin, through the canal 
of birth canal and he skipped the seed of man into the seed of God, what he did is he came and put a balloon inside of that artery where blood would flow freely. That if we accepted him, he would come in and pour blood on the situation that we couldn't fix. Are you guys awake this morning? I'm going to ask the band to come. So they didn't see it as a holy moment. But you need to see it as a holy moment that this baby boy that was born. I think about it. The Bible says the wages of sin is what? Death. Death. But the gift of God is eternal life. You know what the gift is? The gift is Jesus. We celebrate the gift every year. We talk about the gift being Jesus. But you really need to know what the gift came and what he represents. Redemption. He paid the price for you and I. So thinking about this text, we looked at all the people here that didn't see it as a holy night. But there is people in the text that did see it as one. The first one that I think about, I see it as Mary. Mary saw it as a holy moment. How many of y'all know if you haven't had sex with a man and you're pregnant, that's a holy moment? The second one that I think about, I think about in Luke chapter 2, and we read this. I read it all the time growing up in Christian school, but I remember this. That night there were shepherds staying in their fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But an angel reassured, don't be afraid. The next one that saw it as a holy moment were these shepherds. Now think about this with me. Go into the story. If you've ever been around sheep, sheep are gross. When you pat them on the back full of fur, there's dust that goes everywhere. They're also stupid. All right? Those of you who work with sheep, you know exactly what I'm talking about. They run into things like right in front of them. It makes no absolute sense. They're crazy. But here's the deal. I know shepherds. It doesn't say that they went home, took a shower, and the radiance of coming before the king of kings. They went to this barn of where Jesus was. And you know what? It's amazing to me. Church, listen to this. The first ones who were attracted to the one who came to seek and to save those that were lost were nasty, gross shepherds. And they thought they were coming to do the ministry. But they didn't realize that they would be meeting the true shepherd of God. Can I tell you? That's when you know you're celebrating a holy moment. When people that are nasty and vile and gross are attracted to the true light that lives on the inside of you. Amen? The next one I see here in the text is Matthew chapter 2 is the wise men. I just want to tell you, it's false advertisement when you go by a nativity scene and the wise men are there. The wise men were not in the nativity scene. We read right here, it says, About that time some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking. They may have not been at the time at that holy night. But they saw the star and they were on their way. Because we see in the story here, first he's a baby. And now at this moment that they see Jesus, he's a child. But I love it that we read about these wise men coming with gifts. They crossed through continents to be with the Son of God. Can I tell you that's something that we need to hear today in the American church? 
There's people that are not in church today because they got more important things to do. Something came up, Pastor. I, I remember people saying we used to have service, one service at 10 o'clock. Pastor, if you just had a later service, we'd be there. We'd have that later service. They ain't here. We even got later to 1045, and they still ain't here. But I tell you, if it was tickets that they had to the whatever, they would be on time, ready in action, looking their best. I want to ask you, you may have even came this morning, but did you come with your best? Did you come with a gift? Because next Sunday's coming around again. And I know it's going to be full of CEOs, Christmas and Easter only Christians. I know that this room will be full of them. This room's going to be packed at 1045. You mark my words. And we are going to love them. Are we? Come on. We're going to love them. But can I tell you, the next one is New Year's Eve. I promise you, there is going to be people that it's not going to be just as important to them. You know who got in the story? Was the wise men that went through continents. You know what amazed me about Africa? I remember going to this stage. We stayed in this nice hotel in Uganda. And I remember walking through the jungles of Africa. Monkeys flying in the trees. There's people, all these people waiting for these two Americans to come share the gospel with them. And under the stage was jam-packed full of people that had walked for three days to be there. To hear the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know what we are? If they don't have air conditioning, I'm not going to come. They don't have these padded seats to lay your dairy air in. They don't have heat in the winter, I'm not coming. If they don't have cool in the, in the summer, I'm not coming. If the music's not just right, I'm not going to be there. If the preacher doesn't preach a message that, can, you know, that goes along with me, theology, I, I mean, I know all of these things can be, impo- be important to some degree. But my whole focus this morning is to ask you, this ain't about you. This is about Jesus. It's about Jesus. Some of you, you're all shook up. I didn't get this gift in time, or what am I going to get so-and-so? You know what? This, this is what I'm, we decided as a family. You just, you just get stuff for your family. I'll get stuff for mine. And there's already one in the family. You know, there's always that idiot in the bunch that's going to mess up the whole deal. And then you feel guilty. Well, I've got to do this. Then you're going to put it on a credit cards, make foolish decisions. Can I tell you? Who cares if they get that? No, I'm being serious. Some of y'all need to just be set free from that. What if they never talk to me again? That's their problem. The one that you should be more concerned with is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And let's give him the gift of our heart. I think Yinli was led by the Lord this morning to sing that song. From my heart to heaven, God, you be the center. You be the center. You be the center. Go ahead and stand to your feet this morning. Is he the center of your life? So I want to ask you.
I believe there's people that are convicted in the room today. Maybe you're like Bethlehem and you say, God, you don't have, I, I, I don't have room for you. Noel comes home tonight. Yeah. We're so excited about that. Tomorrow night, Monday night, we have kids school stuff. Tuesday day, uh, during the day, I mean, we've got a schedule, don't we? Bah humbug. But can I tell you, it can still be holy moments. Where's your heart? Is your heart steadfast on him? Don't be like King Herod and say, you know what? God, you get an hour and a half with me where you can be the king of my life on Sunday. I'll tell you, you'll really truly celebrate Christmas if he stays in your heart all the way till you come back here next week. Are you going to be like the religious folk and say, we've got to do this. We've got to have this many candles. I've got, we've, got to, we, we've, got, we've got to do this. We've got to do this. We've got to do this. Listen, you can know where he is and not go visit him. They knew where he was. But they didn't go seen. Here's the thing. We can point all our fingers all we want to at the people of Bethlehem of not making room for him. But we know who he is. Have you made room for him today? Every hat bow and every eye closed if you're in the room today and you say, Pastor. Y'all look at me one more thing. One more time. Y'all look at me. Pastor Shannon said something in a meeting that we had um, a couple of weeks ago. I love Pastor Shannon because he don't say much, but when he does, you listen. And he said something that stood out to me, and I just want to say this to you. He, he said, Pastor, he's looking, talking, talking to all our leadership, and he said, it's amazing to me, Pastor, you can have an altar call where you invite people up to pray for their kids, and they'll run to the nursery, grab kids, and they'll bring them up here. If you have an altar call about healing, always somebody needs healing inside of their body, they'll be up here. If you have one about money, woo, they're running to the front. But if you have an altar call about, I just want to live a life that's more holy, you might have two people up here. Can I tell you, if this is going to be a holy moment for you, why don't you give him the gift? of showing through your life that it is holy by living a life that's holy. It ought not to be like that. Let's celebrate this Christmas as it's a holy time of Jesus coming to deal for the sin problem for you and I. Well, we want to thank you for joining us on our podcast today. We pray that you heard from God and that this message was for you. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps us reach more people with this message. Arena of Life takes pride in connecting to God, to church, and to people. And we want to connect with you. So don't forget to check us out on all social media platforms, to check out our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and to download the Church Center app and to choose Arena of Life as your church. And a special thanks to those who make a difference by giving generously. You help us change lives and produce weekly content like this that reaches the world. If you're interested in partnering with us, you can give by clicking the link in our bio through the website arenaoflifechurch.org or through the Church Center app. May the Lord bless you and keep you. 
and we'll see you next week.